Yo, listen up, here's the story About a little guy that lives in a blue world And all day and all night and everything he sees is just blue Like him inside and outside Blue his house with a blue little window and a blue Corvette And everything is blue for him and himself and everybody around Cause he ain't got nobody to listen Hello, and good evening. My name is Josh, and i as always by Aaron and Bob. With folks who get up here, the bad is reason and the unreasonable makes sense that announces because this is okay. Hear me out. Aaron and Bob, how y'all doing this evening? I love that song. That music video is amazing. <laughs> Wait, is that the original music video for that? Yes. How have I never seen that? <laughs> it's kind of an awesome song. Ever, I always sang it when Ooh. I was like a kid. I always sang it as like, "I'm blue, and if I'm green, I would die." <laughs> and like that's all I I thought he was saying. If I was green, I would die. But apparently, uh, he's just saying gibberish. I mean, it's it's true. Yeah. After yeah. today's topic, exactly. that might be true. Prophecy. <laughs> it's come come forth the Eiffel. 55 prophecy or whatever the fuck that band's name is. No, no. If if any of you out there want to uh, bring up any other colors that if you were, you would die, um, <laughs> how can you let us know? Uh, you, you can call us at 1-833-666-911. Again, that's 1-833-666-0911. But please don't say black. <laughs> oh, I was going to say some you know, blue, pink, and whites out there, but... Uh. <laughs> I like how you pointed out, Josh, that the color that saves you from the death lasers is Israel blue. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, I mean, whoa, whoa. Let's get some intro into this topic first, Aaron. Okay, okay, yeah. I, I forget that people don't just scour her TikTok for fucking schizo content all day like I do. So I think this is like a normal conversation. This will make sense. I'm, in, in a few minutes, this will make sense. I'm not just being anti-Semitic. And nor is my local Sherwin Williams representative. <laughs> That's amazing. So Aaron and I noticed uh, all the schizo posting online. He does it on TikTok. I do it on Twitter. And these fucking videos about the Maui fire started coming out. Uh, where people are just like very nonchalantly being like, is anyone noticing all these celebrities having blue roofs on their houses and kind of thing. I have a couple of videos. I'm just going to like let roll in the background. Oh God, I hate that music. <laughs> X-Files theme. It, well, it's just like all these shitty videos. Like they have like these scary songs or like this, like fucking like drum and bass. It's playing so in the annoying when they like do no that. Reason. I agree. It's, it's yeah. the worst. So, they're pointing out that there's all of these blue objects, basically, that were left completely untouched by the Maui fires, whether it be roofs, blue roofs, whether it be blue lawn furniture, just like blue signage or like plastic bins on the side of the road, like water barrels or something. Right. How many things have you seen? Because. It's quite a bit. I get I get what they're looking at, but. Uh, what I don't understand is if you burn a if okay, well what's 
Let's start with her claim. What's the claim with them seeing this blue stuff that's still standing? The the claim is that it the Maui fire was caused by a direct energy weapon and the things that were left standing are blue because the laser doesn't transfer energy to blue colored objects. Which somebody gave an example. They showed like these four pieces of linen and like ran this like laser across it and it would burn all of them. It wouldn't burn the blue one. They're, yeah, they're microfiber towels and they take the Josh, you might know what this is. It's the laser that they use to uh, like shoot rust off of steel. It's like a de-rusting um, procedure. Do you know what that's called? Uh, I'm, no, I'm forgetting the term. Okay, yeah. I, I've seen it in, in plenty of different like um, machinist videos and stuff like that. They just kind of like pass it real slowly over a piece of metal and it just like evaporates all of the all of the rust off of it and stuff like that. But it like you don't know what they did to those shop towels like those are just like ordinary microfiber towels that you wash your car with that you can buy at walmart that they're like shining it on yeah so i mean literally like like put something some coating on one of them so that or just soaked it in water it just could have done like any any yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it It could have water but it'd be there'd be steam like i'm imagining kind of they, they have some uh you know filter let's say in front of the laser so they're they're you know panning the laser side to side um and just whenever it's going across over the blue one they have some filter where it's just not transmitting as much energy or to, know, there that's a perfect whatever. a perfect way for them to do it it's like easy easy explanation the video doesn't prove anything right it looks cool though <laughs> well i mean that's arguable so they they go on too and i i, I really like this video because it says, anyone else thinking about uh, thinking they need a blue roof? Uh, and it says, Oprah has one. The first photo is of Oprah's uh, Maui home, which is the one I'm currently showing. And then they just do like a 35-second video. I hope this doesn't. Okay, it was. Yeah, the shitty music again. Then they just start slide doing a slideshow of people with blue roofs for like literally no reason. Like the first house was associated with Oprah. And then they just started doing a slideshow of people with blue roofs, like random houses. Like a lot of these houses definitely aren't owned. Like this one is definitely not owned by a millionaire. <laughs> like this is not a millionaire's. <laughs> it looks like a double white that was connected to a garage. <laughs> Plus the pi- the picture I've seen circulating around for Oprah's house with the blue roof has been like all like this crazy ultra blue like deep blue like buffalo bills uniform blue and her house is just like that she has a house there with a blue roof but it's like this nice like sky blue it's just the whole house is sky blue but it's because it looks nice like right yeah, it's, it's not like a like it's not like white and blue buildings in greece where it's it's a bright vibrant blue no this is just something you'd ex- that doesn't look weird on a roof in america yeah right yeah yeah, I think sky blue is like the the perfect explanation of of that color. It's oh, not in your face. Here's what I want to say: at like, so they show these pictures, these umbrellas and shit, these blue blue cars, blue umbrellas that aren't burned up. Uh, why do why do they think that the fires that started right next to them wouldn't spread to them? I, I fine. Let's just say the laser beam from the sky can't <laughs> burn it. 
Here we go. Why wouldn't regular <laughs> fires just burn it? You know See, what I mean? This guy's house is this guy's house is like not even blue, it's like teal. But it's like his roof is like a normal asphalt shingle roof. His house is the only house standing in the whole neighborhood that got melted. But it's like that wouldn't like if everything else was on fire around this blue house, it would still catch on fire because there's a like there's a raging fire. It's a thousand degrees outside. And there's a fire right uh, there. So so the I yeah, I was, I was reading a briefly um, just a couple Google searches, and I think it was a, a fact check article. And one description that they gave was that um, I'll say there, there's some a randomness factor to how fire spreads uh, across a line or across an area. They, they described it as a mosaic like pattern, so uh, you know, kind of a pixelated randomness to it. Um, I, Bob, you live in wildfire land. You we we've hiked through wildfire uh, desolated for des- decimated forests before. Um, what can you say about how fires actually you know spread and transmit from flammable object to flammable object? So literally, whichever way the wind is carrying it, like that's that's it. You get a large enough fire and like which you know, strong enough wind is going to go move in that direction. And yeah, so it's not some directed energy weapon by the government. It is weather control devices that control the wind. So they create little cyclones and go around their fancy blue houses. (laughs) That's more reasonable. (laughs) Well, like that was the other thing is they, they showed this line of properties right along the beach. They were like, somehow the fires knew not to go to millionaires homes and all i could think is they're probably their lawns were just like being watered all the time that one there was actually there was actually a water canal that was blocking them from the field and oh there was a road and a water canal and then their and then their beachfront houses yeah because as i was gonna say when we we just had that happen at work this summer uh the rail workers fucking they had the rail grinder out and the sparks lit like a 40 mile stretch of fucking forest and fields on fire oh what? but it would the fire would just go it went up to people's lawns and stopped right there it wouldn't it didn't go through their lawn you know what i mean like it just yeah so nobody's house is caught on fire we we have an understanding in the modern world and honestly really in the world for the last several hundred years if, if not longer that um controlled burns and clearing like effectively if if you create a a barrier or create a gap in where the fire would transmit you can pretty successfully prevent certain like the the you know terrible spread of forest fires and that's uh, it sounds like what what uh, part of what you're describing is just there some way in how you know these houses uh these these water canals these whatever are constructed there is some level of separation or anticipation of or you know coincidence or not that the fire won't automatically spread to it um right even even like a service road just just like a dirt pathway yeah the size of a vehicle is enough to stop a forest fire in its tracks depending on yeah yeah depending on the big wind like you're fine yeah yep yeah it really is 
what these people, because, like, in the same video, we're like, oh, my God, these blue, like, umbrellas out in the patio of this restaurant weren't burned to a crisp. Oh, my God, guys. It's surrounded by concrete <laughs> on every side. <laughs> Wait, if I remember that photo correctly, too, weren't there other umbrellas burnt to a crisp right next to it that presumably beforehand were blue? Uh, This is it right here. They're in the oh Josh, okay yeah, yeah if they I were see. blue they would have been fireproof have you learned nothing from this yet right and and that makes the tables next to them fireproof <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well that's because the spy fire wasn't spreading it was energy weapons because that that's the one thing I wanted to ask like have you no have you noticed that like uh, direct energy weapons are like the you know what they they remind me of is the EMP. Of schizo yeah, posting. No, that's well, that's that's the only time I've heard of directed energy weapons is with regards to EMPs, where that that's uh, apparently what's been under development by like Raytheon and Lockheed or whoever, and that that's where there have been apparently some su successful tests of directed EMP effects is via directed energy weapons. Um, so n not even like giant lasers like are is being being supposed here. Well, yeah, no, Joe, I'm talking specifically giant lasers though in this position in this situation. Yeah, you know, like the EMP, they they act like there's going to be this cataclysmic global EMP at some point when they can't even like make one that goes like forty yards, or that like doesn't do more than just make your lights flicker. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't actually destroy it. It just like turns it off for a second. <laughs> So I have a clip here, and I think it thoroughly disproves Aaron's uh, just unreasonableness with the government owning lasers. Because this is the History Channel, everyone. Oh, okay. The lasers. It's just how effective they are. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, here we go. The world's first airborne directed energy weapon, the airborne laser, also known as the ABL. Just mounting the ABL requires one of the most sophisticated and elaborate modifications in history. The entire nose section is removed and retrofitted. All right, they, they really they talk about the installation and stuff like that. It can, it can hit a target from 60 miles away, all this other stuff. Uh, and was that the guy from, um, was that the Star Trek it, it guy? It does sound like Jeffrey Wright. Oh, no, yeah. so who? I thought it sounded like, kind of like Jeffrey Wright, but... Well, the guy, who, second in command, who also did that that mystery show that we Riker? swapped Aaron's face with. Riker, oh. yeah. That was Riker's voice. And the world's largest titanium plate is installed to hold the enormous turret-mounted laser in place. I think it is Riker. Right. The ABL system is designed to find, track, and destroy an enemy target in the air and on the ground. It can loiter at 40,000 feet for five hours, refuel in midair, and destroy a target 60 miles away in less than a second. So, and th this is followed with a uh, a response from a random person on Twitter saying that I worked for a company for 20, 20 years ago. We were making UV lasers for the military back then. Burned through one a one meter asbestos block wall, uh, front windows under under fifteen seconds. Oh, asbestos block wall and front window in under fifteen seconds. So, so what? So it's less effective than a bullet. <laughs> bullets yeah, do that energy like i don't know man like bullets do that so do rockets like all that shit is more effective than this this is why like i don't it sounds so stupid when i guess i guess if you did want to do a civilian attack 
if you had a kind of shitty laser weapon, it'd be a good way to do it. But the videos that some of the videos people are posting were so obviously faked. Like one of them, the beam that came down was literally just the SpaceX launch. Like the rocket. <laughs> oh, I, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there I have a couple of videos here. I don't think we need to play them, but it's this one guy explaining how he worked with this team and he was giving a demonstration. I don't even know what kind of channel this was or what kind of documentary this was, but they took down a, uh, like a drone, like cruise missile, a surrogate cruise missile with a laser, like a laser weapon and stuff like that. But it's like, I have no doubt that we have direct directed energy weapons. I'm pretty sure we do. But I don't think like I don't think we had a plane like the government flew a plane or or a government flew a plane over Maui being like, oh, just fucking like light this bitch up and kill a bunch of civilians for literally no reason. Bob, I understand being skeptical of the schizos, but then how do you explain what happened in Maui? A a fucking brush fire (laughs) off of unmaintained (laughs) land. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Like <laughs> heavens good, here good in California all the time. <laughs> I, I do agree. I do agree with the schizos on one thing of this whole thing. There's going to be a giant land grabble, and I would be interested to see who's grabbling up all of the land away from the homeless people that aren't going to get their insurance payouts to facilitate Wait, said land grabble. There's there's more than one type of person who can grabble up land. Yeah. I, I thought that was a pretty uh. uh <laughs> Government specific specific thing. verbiage, uh, dude. It's <laughs> yeah, the government. Because <laughs> um, I did Saved hear that ass. like the govern the governor like evicted <laughs> people whose homes didn't burn down. I, I want to find out how true that is. Like they sent him ev- like for your own safety, you have to leave your house and and just leave the island. And they're well, like they probably don't have much in the way of utilities right now. I, and, I don't know. And, and we'll remove you by force if we need to. Like that type uh, of letter. Yeah. I did see something that what was like the government was stepping in maybe and like being like, all right, well, there's not going to be we're going to take all the land and make sure everyone doesn't buy it up or something like that. That's what they said. I don't know, they said that they would hold on to the land for everyone. You, they, the people that own it still are holding on to it. What are they talking about? <laughs> I, I don't know. I honestly have no idea. <laughs> hey, government, no thanks. I'll hold on to my own land. Get the fuck away from me. I mean, it, it wow, could the government's be... taking all the risk for none of the profit? Yeah. yeah. It's a win-win deal. <laughs> Aren't they so benevolent? Uh, I love it. It's so retarded. Like, I can't even believe that... Dude, people better not fall for that one. Like, the government's wow. like, hey, we'll hold on to your property for you. We'll give it back. We pinky swear. I'm not doing that, obviously. Can you hold on to my guns, too? I'm saving up for a nice big gun safe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what do you say, guys? Yay or nay on the uh, directed energy weapon destroyed Maui, caused the Maui fire? No, of course not. But there is going to be a bunch of land graveling, like I said. Like, there's going to be some, like, Black Rock's going to own, like, a volcano, you know, by the end of this. Right. I think the motto of this is that uh, the the people with wealth aren't going to let a good disaster go to waste. As Hillary yeah, exactly. There's a lot of people on that island that are going to get fucked over in the in the exact way the schizos are saying they're going to get fucked over. 
It's just not going to be because of government space lasers. Right. I want to see all the retards painting their roofs blue now. <laughs> Dude, yeah, we should get in that business of painting roofs. Just think of how much we could charge for just painting a roof blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is the this is some high grade laser resistant paint. That's a lot more gallon, but I'm not, not it's supposed worth to it. tell you that, but uh Yeah, can you keep a secret? It costs a little more, but this is laser proof. <laughs> I'm just I'm charging like fucking crazy. Yeah, what a good business model. <laughs> All right, Josh, what's your final verdict on this? I mean, it seems like just a simple case of a uh, story distracting from the land grabble story. Like the, the whole, you know, laser blue thing um, is just a, a little nonsense distraction. While you know, some some land, uh, not reclamation, but um, you know, some some corruption goes on right now. Yeah, I, I I feel like people are letting their pattern recognition like kind of handicap them. It's getting in their way. They're, they're recognizing too many patterns, and it's just like a bunch of nonsense for the most part. Dude, just wait. Just wait till Gematria stories are mainstream. That's uh, that's that's where we're going to be at in five years. <laughs> I think they see these pictures and they 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 just spot like it's all burnt and black, and they just spot like a bright blue. They're like, "What's that? Why is that so vibrant?" Like, I think that's what's Dude, happening it's, it's here. The- one black lady in a movie and think it's automatically this this super woke terrible uh disneyfied garbage and don't don't bother to watch it and then make 10 videos talking about articles uh and just echo chamber the whole culture war so that that's that's what's happening with the schizo conspiracy community right now they've they've been duped duped into believing anything they get duped all the time because they they see something like that and they're like knew it like everybody has that, like that's like the biggest struggle, no matter what your ideology is, is I would say 70% of the population is incapable of doing this, but it's just not giving into your confirmation bias. Like you want it to be true. So, and it upholds your worldview. So therefore you just believe it at first mention without even fact checking any of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Not in the gay way of fact checking either. Like, you know, but with fact checkers, but just actually checking facts yourself because you're a normal human being. <laughs> and basing an entire conspiracy theory off of like a Chinese cheap, like welding product review where like they were like burning like towels and shit. Like, come on, yeah, guys. They need. I bought that laser off of Temu. A little more discretion. They need Directed the- energy weapons off of Temu. You can strap them to your Temu drones. <laughs> They need to they need to <laughs> uncover the real facts like Bob Ross being serial killer and uh exactly. not being real. Cuz there's actual evidence for that. Yeah, th- this this uh particular secret government weapon seems pretty unlikely, but um Bob seems to have for us a, a bit more convincing case of uh government undercover warfare against this populace. All right, let let me just Disclaimer, this wasn't undercover. This wasn't under. (laughs) All right, this was not hidden like at all, basically. All right. So there has been recent news and theories, conspiracy theories regarding um, ticks, specifically Lone Star ticks recently. Um, Have you guys heard anything about this? Yeah, they're the ones that make you allergic to meat. 
Yes. Yeah, we did an episode yeah. of that a while back. Yeah. So this new phenomenon's going on about uh, you get bit by a lone star tick and you will become allergic to red meat, pork and beef. I don't know about lamb or anything like that. But not so, human. Right. So I found an article about it. Uh, and they said the bite of a lone star tick exposes a person to a small car- uh, carbohydrate called alpha, alpha gal. I think. I think that's how you say it. Yep. That, that's it. Anyway, yeah. uh, they got worried because a lady, um, she went and she got a vaccine. And within minutes of getting a vaccine, she had an anaphylactic shock. Well, what triggered this response is that when you get bit by a lone star tick, and you get this carbohydrate in you, the alpha-gal carbohydrate, any interaction with another alpha-gal from another product uh, is going to give you an allergic response to this. So typically what happens is that red meat uh, has the alpha-gal inside of it as well. So it's a particular carbohydrate in pork and beef. So that's why you get an allergic reaction from it. So people are also getting allergic reactions from what's commonly in vaccines, which is the same thing, alpha gal, they both have them. <laughs> how does, how does that get into vaccines? Do they describe it as like one of the, the egg or embryo things or just some other random ingredient that binds well, it together? Hold on. I gotta, I gotta play the part of Josh here since he's not doing it himself. Oh boy. <laughs> the vaccines cure COVID and save the environment by making you not eat cows. <laughs> Thank you, Josh or Aaron. <laughs> Two for one. <laughs> Which is, it's very interesting because every single person is loaded up to the gills with like vaccines and like this alpha gal carbohydrates. Uh, but it's only, it's only until they get the tick bite where they become allergic to it. Whereas we've already been given it, right? We don't need it from the tick. We've already gotten the alpha gals from all of the vaccines we've been loaded up with recently. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm curious of how they came to this conclusion. So uh, this article reads, the team had encountered uh, this woman previously since late 2008. She was known to suffer from red meat allergies and frequent bites from Lone Star ticks. Tests indicated that she had very high levels of alpha gal specific antibodies in her blood. It also happens. Many vaccines potentially contain alpha gal since animal products such as, uh, Something gelatin and a calf serum are commonly used in vaccines. Connecting the dots, the team hypothesized that the tick bites were linked to the anaphylactic reaction to both red meat and vaccines. So to test their hypothesis, the researchers examined blood samples from four patients with red meat allergies, uh, including this lady, to determine if the antibodies reacted to five different vaccines. Shingles, MMR, yellow fever, and two versions of TDAP. The results suggested that indeed alpha-gal is present in MMR and shingles vaccines, thus the vaccines could trigger anaphylaxis in patients. Well, they need the shot that emulates a tick bite to set off your fucking poison in you to make you allergic to yeah. meat. But here's the no, thing. No, no, no. But then, then people might actually connect it to the shot. They need to make it look like it's a natural thing and it's something out of your control and out of the government's control. Right, the tick bite makes sense. It sounds like they're getting the red meat allergy from like the shingles vaccine or the MMR vaccine and then blaming it on fucking ticks. It, that's what it almost sounds like. Yeah, I, oh, 100%. But 
I'm not downplaying the fact that ticks could be a part of of this because it wasn't it's not the first time the government has tried to weaponize um, uh, like insect borne diseases. No, not like yellow fever or anything like that. So Lyme disease, there's a there's a connection between Plum Island, Fort Detrick and Lyme disease. Have you guys heard about this at all? No. Uh, briefly, in the, sometime like a couple weeks ago, it's probably this, this article. Uh, the Pentagon may have released weaponized ticks that help spread Lyme disease. An investigation has been ordered by a senator. Huh. Yeah, quietly. <laughs> so they passed this bill, and they're investigating between 1950 and 1975. The inspector general finds that such experiments occur, then according to the bill, they must provide that House and Senate Armed Services Committees with reports on the scope of the research and whether any ticks or insects used in such exp- experiments were released outside of any laboratory by accident or experimental design, potentially leading to the spread uh, of diseases such as Lyme disease. So what, what stirred people onto this, uh, th- there's been a few books on it. Uh, uh, what was it? The article claiming the U.S. government or uh, books and articles claiming that the U.S. government had uh, conducted research at facilities such as Fort Detrick, Maryland and Plum Island, New York, for this purpose. Um, it, some of these books includes interviews with uh, Willie Bergdefer, who's credited with having discovered the pathogen that causes Lyme disease and earlier developed bioweapons for the Department of Defense. So we have a guy for the that works for the Department of Defense who found or created, I'm sorry, what does it say? He discovered the pathogen that causes Lyme disease. Those interviews combined with the access to this guy's lab file suggested that he and other bioweapon specialists stuffed ticks with pathogens to cause severe disability, disease, and even death to potential enemies. With Lyme disease and other tick-borne diseases exploding in the United States, Americans have a right to know whether any of this is true. So this came uh, out. Wait, p- potential enemies? I, I think um, you know, people who are ruining our national parks and going out camp- <laughs> camping are very, very real and actual enemies, not just potential en- enemies. If only yeah. we had funded this project properly and had enough ticks to swarm the Capitol at January 6th with, maybe America wouldn't be in the shape it's in now. You know, I find it kind of strange that uh, the, these ticks really only like the, the warmer climates and don't really go up north. And at the time, our primary enemy, uh, primary potential enemy, as one might refer to them, was uh, oh Russia. Russia. It, it, can ticks even survive in Russia, like at all? <laughs> Sorry, Probably the Soviet Union, but yeah. Like, like <laughs> the most southern part of Russia, maybe? <laughs> I, I've... I've... I've said maintained this for forever. It's just oh, no, the Kazakh ticks. Winter is the greatest thing that can ever happen to where you live. It doesn't have to be super long, but just the fact that it exists it murders every bug. And that is ama- an amazing thing. <laughs> I don't no, I, I disagree. Like with in, you. in Wisconsin, the, the ground would freeze too, so like it even more bugs it would kill, and it was uh, just a blessing. Yeah, wasn't it great? Like the right at the beginning of winter, and you, you just stop and listen around your house, and you don't hear anything. 
it's just silent. You're like, oh, thank God, winter's here. Time for the death of all the insects gone, going straight to hell. You know, after spending some time backpacking in the mountains this summer, I actually come to appreciate mosquitoes and what they do for us. Like, drive us fucking insane and just never leave us alone. (laughs) Yeah, they prep you for having a girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, it it came out that the U.S. government did indeed conduct biowarfare. The target was, it, it was the Cold War era and the target was the Russian populace. With the goal. Wait, didn't uh, I just debunk that? No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't be silly. <laughs> uh, the, the goal was to uh, poison all of their livestock and horses so that their food and oh, transportation was, okay. would be dramatically reduced and that they would, you know, they, they would become poor and hungry, basically. And they, they kind of scrapped that project. The government came out and said, oh, we're, we're no longer doing this anymore. Uh, because we don't want to have to feed like 100 million Russians, if that's the case. Like that, that would be harder than actually just waging war. Like we'd rather just wage war with Russia with nukes than have to feed it like an extra 100 million people for like literally no reason. But this project all started uh, back with the Nazis. Uh, the former Nazi germ warfare scientists brought to the US, uh, the United States after World War II who experimented with poison ticks dropped from planes to spread rare diseases. Um yeah, and, that seems like the most and, ineffective bombing of all time. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I know that they had these experiments and they're trying to like figure out how to use them, but those all ended in a an abject failure, like one hundred percent guaranteed. <laughs> it it does sound a bit like ridiculous. Like what? Like how do they do it? They just push open crates of ticks like out of like a plane or something, like a B fifty two. Like yeah, it seems so. Fly. Fucking probably just all he ended up doing was just pelting the most unlucky pedestrian of all time, just walking around, and then the sky just fills with ticks, and they come plummeting at him at maximum velocity, and just fucking. You imagine how what a bad day that would be? You got pelted by a million ticks. The ones that didn't die were just clung and fucking eating you. But yeah, so this research was actually tied to Plum Island. Uh, there was an outbreak there of something, and they have like the the whole island quarantined. Uh, you live in the state. I'm sure you don't live or know anything about it, Aaron. But like Plum Island, it, like it, it's a complete no no go zone still to this day. And I think they have like an animal like because um, of ticks. Uh, I think so. Probably Island Laboratory. It sounds like now something we, those blue roofed yeah. people would try to say to keep you out of all the cool areas like Plum Island. But I, it's all like to this day, apparently it's still restricted by the government. I don't know what for what reason. Uh, documents and interviews disclosed for the first time what officials have denied for years that the mysterious and closely guarded animal lab off the east end of Long Island was originally designed to conduct top secret research into replicating dangerous viruses that could be used to destroy enemy livestock. So, uh, w- which is great because a lot of the people that, that they brought in to do this experiment, uh, they were former Nazis. 
they they brought these um they brought this guy okay. in Eric no, Traub. That, that's that that's where the story starts to fit together. Like okay. the Nazis are notorious for overcomplicating the science of <laughs> annihilation. So like it's this this two step process of uh, or like this this three step process of oh we're we're gonna uh, you know bioengineer or we're gonna create a disease to be carried on ticks to be put in the livestock in Russia. So they like you know get somewhat weaker or like just don't uh, don't yield as well. And then very slowly there's a famine and the population becomes weak and Russia can't support a war like. The Soviet Union, they already showed us how to do a famine in the Soviet Union and how to kill uh, possibly 5.99 million people. Um, like, we, we should just repeat what they did, not come up with this this goofy scheme of, uh, of, of 10 steps. See, that, that's, that's where the Nazi science was disadvantaging the U.S. Uh, back in the, the 50s and 60s. <laughs> so... Exactly. As Josh was saying, they, they pulled in this guy, Eric Traub, uh, from World War II uh, in the, uh, what do they call it? Um, the Werner von Braun, uh, scientists among them, Werner von Braun, were brought into the U.S. Uh, in the U.S. government's Project Paperclip after the war. Lab 257 relates how animal handlers and scientists released ticks outdoors on the island. They called him the Nazi scientist. They were inoculated, inoculating these ticks. And so th this is like testimony of people who worked on Plum Island for the government at the time. And uh, apparently this guy, he actually came to the United States before the war. Uh, he spent his pre-war period uh, of his scientific career uh, on a fellowship at the Rockefeller Institute uh, in Princeton, New Jersey, perfecting his skills in viruses and bacteria under the tutelage of American experts before returning to Nazi Germany on the eve of the war. Um, uh, making use of scientific contacts he had made before the war, when Traub came back to the U.S. under Project Paperclip, he detailed uh, the detailed explanation of the secret operation on incels, uh, incel rames, uh, given to official at Fort Detrick in Maryland, the Army uh, Biological Warfare Headquarters and the CIA laid the groundwater for Fort Detrick's offshore germ warfare animal disease lab on Plum Island. So, like, this guy was, like, the brainchild of, of this fucking virus lab on Plum Island. Uh, they also say, uh, tells why in 1954 suddenly Plum Island was transferred from the Department of Defense to the Department of Agriculture, the Pentagon becoming concerned about having to feed millions of people in the Soviet Union if their food was destroyed. Well, well, um, I'm looking at Wikipedia, and that transfer appears to be because, uh, the, the, the center, as, as they describe it, the center conducts research on animal pathogens to protect farmers, ranchers, and the national food supply. Um, so because they're, they're so vital, uh, their, their research is so vital to ensuring the stability of, you know, American food supply. Um, that's yeah. why the USDA, uh, made sense to assume ownership. And when did you say that was 1954? Yes. It's like, yeah, the government, the last time they came in and said they were going to help with the farming, uh, they <laughs> priced everyone out and then reduced all the number of farmers. Nowadays, however, uh, in 2003, um, the Department of Home Homeland Security took over the, the island in facility. Um, so I, I guess, you know, national 
uh, food stability is a matter of homeland security, which I, I can't really argue with. Interesting. Yeah. So the first outbreak of Lyme disease took place in 1977 in Old Lyme, Connecticut, which actually. Oh, just, yeah, I did. OK. Yeah. Which happens to be just across the water. Uh, I don't know what that's called. Just across the water from Plum Island. Plum Island is right there. It is right next to it. I don't know if you guys are seeing this map on here, but Plum oh, Island is yeah, this just like south southeast of uh, of Lyme, Connecticut. Oh, how many uh, how many miles from it? <laughs> could, I I don't know, you, but I'm sure you could see it from from shore. Well, obviously, you can see it. <laughs> Um, not many. It's like probably six or seven. So yeah, this Palm Island is right off the coast of where they first discovered Lyme disease. And then they were testing to see if they could, what, weaponize ticks? Weaponize ticks to destroy livestock and, and cattle and fucking swine. Dude, can you and, imagine and being such shit? a piece of shit that that's what you're like dedicating your career to? <laughs> it's like, I... I'm gonna ca- I'm gonna poison all the cattle with ticks for freedom, like or whatever the fuck they think they're fighting to, for to like, fight democracy. the commies. No, it was a very righteous cause back then. They were fighting the communists. All right, so that's it. Like I, it, I found it interesting just for the fact that like I always thought Lyme disease was a thing that had had always been around. And it's like, no, it only first originated in 1977. It's like, okay, well then, yeah, it's definitely a bioengineered weapon. Well, to, to, to build on that, too, for the, the red meat allergy from the, um, the Lone Star ticks, that, that's only been something that's been observed around for, like, maybe 20 years now. So right. it's, it's even more recent than the, than the Lyme disease, which, you know, uh, you're right, is I, I feel like, when I looked at, I think, the Wikipedia page, there were a number of accounts from the 100 years before that where uh, retroactively they tried to identify the, a set of symptoms as Lyme disease. But it, I, Lyme disease specifically, I think, would be very difficult to pinpoint that to. So, like, even if it's the 60s, let's say, it, it, is, it, it you know, started spreading in, um, it, it sound, it, it's a new thing. And there right. is uh, a pretty geographical, geographically convenient answer for where it came from. Right. So my hypothesis is the government bioengineered Lyme disease and spread it through ticks. And now they are bioengineering people to have um, allergic reactions to red meat. And that's a good thing to them because they want to save the planet and they want us to stop eating red meat. Yeah, it just sounds like a bunch of, uh, you know, don't, you know, eat the bugs, goy type of uh, behavior. But the the Lyme disease thing, the weaponizing ticks over on Plum Island, that, that part was interesting to me because uh, whatever kind of fucking, well, you're a giant piece of shit if you're trying to weaponize insects against the population, <laughs> a population that's fucking nuts. The- they're already a big enough nuisance. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. You're making yeah, everything worse. You don't need to help them. <laughs> you're turning us, like, you're turning America into, like, Africa at this point. Like, we don't we don't need malaria here either. Please don't do that. Jesus Christ, people. 
fucking dickheads. Yeah, but imagine having malaria and also not eating burgers. Think how healthy you'd be then. <laughs> it's a trade-off, yeah. Well, the, the, the issue with Africa is the instability of the whole warlord system down there. Uh, we, however, have the American government. So if we just have a, a sort of you know relationship where there are the, the have-guns and the have-not-guns, and a similar mm-hmm. level of the have infrastructure and the uh, have zero infrastructure or access to food or clean water. Um, like, I, I think I think we can perfect the Africa system here in America. That's, that's what we're going for, right? <laughs> See, like the, the even even the red meat thing. I I think I think the government's smart enough to realize that uh, the climate impacts of. Um, you know, of grazing cows and harvesting cows is uh, negligible and that the real impact is just uh, nutrition and people not like people being weak, both mentally and physically and uh, being easily, you know, being very compliant. That's, that's what we're trying to get here. If people can't get a proper diet, uh, they'll more likely be compliant. And I think that's, that's the whole, whole scheme with the, the red meat scarcity. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to that with the, oh, you, you know, feed the people corn syrup and, and pornography until they're retarded. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I do think there's definitely, it's Very a major smart. aspect of a lot of this stuff. Yeah. All right. Want to just roll straight into uh, Scientists Discover? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You need to know what science discovered, you need to know today. Whether it's space or bones uncovered, it's definitely fake and gay. Scientists discover genetically modified mosquitoes in Brazil. After field experiments between 2013 and 2015, genetically modified mosquitoes are breeding in Brazil. According to the researchers' original plan, all released mosquitoes and their offspring should have died. Uh, this is in 2019 as well, so uh, four years after the fact. <clears throat> oh, wow. You know, scientists were boasting for the longest time, hey, we can get rid of those pesky mosquitoes for you. They still all we fucking have to do, do. All we have to do is genetically modify just a small little, a couple little batches of mosquitoes. And, and then next thing you know, global population mosquitoes are just going to die. We got wait a second, wait one. a second. Is getting rid of all the mosquitoes like the American scientist version of there's half man, half pig hybrids in China? <laughs> uh, well, no, no, no. They would claim us actually having like d- doing something, not uh, j- just claim like the half man, half pig thing. Don't we assume that they have those and they're, that they're doing no. those experiments for, for America? We just say we could do it if we really wanted. Oh right. God, yeah, you're right. They're not. They, we have an ethical responsibility it. to preserve species. It's not that they didn't try doing it, Aaron. They did try and they fucking failed. That's the point of this article. <laughs> oh, okay. They, they actually they pulled through. They were boasting for like the last twenty years. We could totally fix this issue for everyone. Every, everyone's gonna fucking love science the second we take away mosquitoes and they don't have to be like bothered by that hearing that dumb like sound right next to your ear 
Yeah, never gonna happen anymore, guys. You're gonna love us, and then you know, well, it's, it's not the sound; it's the it's the, the mosquito-borne diseases, and that's uh, that too. Brazil has had a lot of problems with those. I think um, dengue fever, dengue, whatever that that was one that that had come back uh, in, in the last few decades and killed a bunch of people. Um, Zika, uh, uh, Zika, the Zika virus, yellow fever. Yeah. Um, yeah, they probably also have malaria down there, like. It's it's the sort of thing where in the tropical region and mosquitoes like that and uh, the the environment, it's killing a lot of people. It's bad, right? Right. Um, but yeah, you know so what's weird kind of about that? Of what Bob was? Or, uh, yes. <laughs> okay, I, I have a problem. Oh, Aaron, with, what is weird about that? I have a problem with mosquito-borne illnesses a little bit. Like, Go on. I get that they really are happening, like nearer to the equator but i've been bitten by mosquitoes i would say no less than several hundred thousand times i have never gotten a goddamn mosquito-borne illness i am not afraid of mosquito-borne illnesses at all i don't know that mosquitoes are actually what's giving it to you how do we know the, that? The mosquitoes aren't creating the illness. It's the mosquitoes are transferring it from, you know, stagnant waters and other wherever else. Um, yeah, I actually muddy am shit very, puddles of water that they yeah. breed out of. If you if you put a shitty needle into your arm, uh, like, you're, you're going to get a disease. America, fortunately, has less shitty needles than other places now, in the world. Now, you should see some of these fucking waterways... These stagnant waterways in fucking North Jersey. Holy shit. If this was the case, North Jersey would be like, it would look like the last of us. There'd be mushroom people walking around, <laughs> fucking, like eating people. Is, is, is that the, is that the joke? Is that the punchline? Like, <laughs> I, I really like, I believe that. Like, this is some of the most disgusting water I've ever seen in my entire life. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's a good point. I why don't we have that? I'm, yeah, I'm kind of uneducated <laughs> on uh, these specific diseases, so I, I I have no idea why why they're local to the equator in these these certain areas. Yeah, I don't think we understand the diseases themselves or how they spread that well. Yeah, it, like to to them to like people in Africa and Brazil and the, where they have these illnesses, like these people just come down with these sicknesses and they just say it's mosquitoes how can you prove that everyone got bit by mosquitoes why doesn't everyone have it then well uh, aaron what you seem to be forgetting is um when you were you know approximately two weeks old and you got stabbed with five needles containing vaccines for uh, <laughs> the yellow fever and malaria um i think i think that probably explains uh you know all, all that brazilian vaccine hesitancy thank God, Bolsonaro's gone. <laughs> no, I, I think we're honest on here. I like, dude. I don't think that mosquito-borne illness is a fucking thing. I think this is fucking bullshit. I think it's environmental. What well, one way that they could test for it is like they actually test, like you know, they test the mosquitoes themselves. Like if they find a batch of mosquitoes that is carrying the pathogen itself, right? But here's the problem. Yes, in theory, that is the case. But the thing is, if we learn nothing from COVID, how reliable are scientists' tests? A scientist saying, I tested it, 
is one of the most unreliable things in the whole goddamn planet. So, like, how could you, how could the three of us prove that mosquitoes are what's spreading the malaria? I don't think we could if you gave us a hundred years. I don't think we could figure, I don't think we could definitively prove that mosquitoes are what's spreading it. What, what's the, the, the test that they ran for COVID? Uh, they had PCR. A of cycle. PCR? Yes. Holy shit. I wonder if they're testing for this using that same testing method. Oh my God. <laughs> are, are these, are these viral diseases? Um, oh, you got Zika, Zika viruses. Sure. I don't know about, um, you know, dengue, yellow fever, malaria. I, I, I don't know. I think we have a new thing that we have to look into, though. How fake is all of that stuff? Malaria is is a parasite, actually. Oh, okay. So I mean, that 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 would make sense from you know stagnant, dirty waters and shit water and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what the reason we won't get malaria is because we are blessed with winter, like I was talking about. I don't even need a winter to kill the insects. There's no water here. It's just a fucking barren desert. There is no yeah. standing water. Okay. <laughs> uh, dengue, dengue, and yellow fevers are both viruses. So yeah, that probably would be a PCR based. Interesting. Oh, hmm. we gotta we gotta find out some of these viral infections that they say are mosquito mosquito spread. What they do to test that? Yeah, that'd be interesting. To, like, I dig, dig into that a little don't bit believe more. that scientists can take a little mosquito and test it to see if it's got a virus that's going to spread to you. And why doesn't it spread to everyone it bites? Why does it only spread to like one guy out of 20? Well, then you why aren't I mean? they spreading the HIV virus too if they're transmitting blood? Yeah. How, how do mosquitoes not transmit AIDS? Well, I mean, like certain certain pathogen and viruses are more transmissible than others. Like hepatitis is yeah, like a kajillion times more transmissible than um, than AIDS is, right? Okay. I don't know if you guys, yeah, but that's just an example. So I, I don't know. Could could be a a, a big problem. Who knows? Oh, no so idea. sorry we got so sidetracked. But how did these guys specifically fail the mosquito killing? Okay, so let me go into yeah a couple couple of the details. So kind of as as Bob had alluded to the uh, the the whole experiment, the whole of this initiative was a failure. Um, the hope was to reduce the mosquito population by ninety percent. And when they had done a field trial, it, you know their little test trial worked great. But then in you know in the mass population, after eighteen months. Uh, after the end of the experiment, the mosquito population returned to what it had been before. Um, so apparently, like you know, a couple generations of mosquitoes uh, died out, or it seemed successful for a bit, and then it just kind of you know, stopped working. It didn't. It, they didn't pass on the, like the, the the trait they passed on wasn't fatal. Was ultimately the thing because they they done a bunch of um, like the gene modification was passed on. Um, they, they sampled a bunch of different, you know, mosquitoes in the wild. And what they're listening here is between 10 and 60% of the mosquitoes in these samples carried the, uh, the gene change. Um, so whatever, just say, let's say like a third or some, some still had it, but they weren't dying out because of it. And, um, now we, we think, uh, Possibly that um, 
Where's the line? You all right? Did you break? Oh. Yeah, no, 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 sorry. I was just trying to find the <laughs> trying to find the specific line. Um oh there we go. That the newly formed mosquito population could be more robust than the mosquitoes were before. That this is uh they've you know, like like a, a super bug. They're the literal super bug. They've they say that uh, all the time too. The first round of antibiotics. Yeah, well, the whole yes. the whole this is this is their this is their porn. They love this. Oh, Oh no, we failed in killing the mosquitoes. We almost did it, and they're carrying our gene, but now we've created super mosquitoes that will kill the world. Oh no. Like they always pretend that they could act. They like to pretend they're so powerful and so fucking smart and so fucking special that they could accidentally destroy the whole world. That's what they want. That's their fucking jerk off dream at night. And that's why they always constantly tell you how they almost destroyed the world by accident. But Aaron, fear not. There is hope yet. Uh, this field trial was actually a, um, a, I don't know if recessive gene, but a, a gene that did not, uh, it was not a dominant gene and kind of a less potent version of what they could have done to kill Oh, next the time they're going to nail it. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. The, the field trial in Brazil did not use the controversial gene drive method in which mosquitoes are given a very assertive gene that is always dominant during reproduction. But but that that would have killed all mosquitoes in the whole world, and it would be irreversible. So so of course they tried the the you know the, they didn't do this this uh, you know um, no holds barred method quite yet. Oh, so they're still pretending like they know how to kill all the mosquitoes, even though they don't. Yes. You know what's never going to be gone in my lifetime, guys? Mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are never going to be gone in my lifetime. They're going to always right, exist. We just need more science funding. Then we'll we'll break through. Don't worry. Maybe not in Aaron's lifetime. That's Maybe my favorite, kids- is that they're like, they're always like, <laughs> I think oh, it's maybe in Josh's lifetime, but. <laughs> we have to be careful because we can never... We we we, we got to be really careful, guys, because we could accidentally destroy the entire world. Let then again, this is coming from the guy who can't beat mosquitoes, thinks he can accidentally <laughs> destroy the world. I, I hate. I these think this is a so failing. Much. This is a failing on science's part for not finding alternative uh, virus transmission vectors. Like, why rely on the mosquitoes? There are other ways to get viruses out there. Uh, like the tick, for example. Like, you can just kill yeah. the mosquitoes and still have other ways of giving people yellow fever. Right? Like directed energy weapons. Yeah, give them Lyme disease. With <laughs> yeah, we, we have space lasers. You don't need tick, <laughs> weaponized ticks anymore. Yes, but but that, that was ultimately my point is uh, we keep saying we swear we could do it after we failed miserably uh, in this this particular instance. Um, and I think Aaron brings up a good point that uh, we need to do a proper deep dive on the actual context of the problem to begin with. Like, what is the deal with mosquito-borne diseases? Yeah, how do they know that they're mosquito-borne? I, I feel like somebody said, oh, mosquitoes are spreading it. And you're like, you know what? They suck my blood, then they go and suck your blood, and then now we got all this blood mixed. That totally makes sense. And it does. That makes sense. But none of us know that that's actually doing anything as far as transmitting diseases. You know what I mean? I think it's like a pretty safe assumption, though. 
Eh, kind of, but it, well, you got to understand it, that it's, it's not, an assumption. It's not un, yeah, it's not unreasonable, but it is an assumption. At least on the yeah, part. yeah, it is reasonable. That's I, a lot of those things where we think we know is because it sounds so reasonable. And then once in a while, you're like, "Oh wait, this sounded reasonable, but this we have no way of knowing if this is actually true." It's reasonable, but <laughs> true? No idea. Yeah, yeah. We we also need to go back and address the the why tropical slash equator climates only, or not not even that. Like we have tropical climates in the U.S. that don't have these diseases. Like that's yeah. So need to go back and address that. But that's that's the pessimistic science story for the day. I know we've we've had a lot of pessimism, a lot of doubt, a lot of skepticism on this episode so far. But I think we should end off on a positive note. Um, so, Aaron, you you like music, right? I, it's it's probably one of the weirdest things about me. I'm very <laughs> indifferent to music. I probably like music less yeah. than as I anyone. said that. As I said I, that, I realized same, yeah. that was the case. I know that. Oh God, damn it! I, I've well, gone. This is a very popular six song. Months Let's... without playing a song before, it makes me feel like a serial killer. I'm like six years to like not listening to music. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. I got one. Right. One of us. One. Of, dude, we should, Josh or Bob. We should kill Josh <laughs> for being a music loving. No, that was those me growing up, but you know, ever since. Uh, um, okay. So Thanks, I'm, I'm going to approach this slightly differently. Do you mm-hmm. do you remember uh, that that fun fun Mister Futurist scientist uh, extremely educated guy Michio Kaku? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, remember, th- remember when he was uh, telling us about some of those wonderful experiments, how uh, some neuroscientists have been able to successfully see into dreams um, and that they're oh, able to, you, uh, really, by, by, scanning, by scanning neurons or whatever the hell they were doing, they were able to recreate the images that people were seeing in their heads or in dreams. Oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with some level of high, definitely no, high accuracy. not any level of with high a, anything. Better, better typography <laughs> than mid-journey. No, it looked like a fucking, it looked like a Rorschach test every time. They were the worst images I've ever seen. They were like giant black holes life. and everything too. Where there was supposed to be details. It looked like a Rorschach test that was designed and created by like the retard class. <laughs> it was bad. It was really bad. But anyways, go on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, we'll but we'll like, take this like that. splotch of ink and say that scientists can look at your dreams now. Yeah, okay. But Just yeah, wait. let's go with that. So keep going. Well, they made a they made a perfect translator from neuron to image to mental image. But yeah. uh, I, I think I think the limitation with how we presented that is that we presented what the image was supposed to be in the image right next to each other for, for the conscious ones. Um, I think I think here we can do a better instance of a uh, an an auditory example. Um, actually, uh, let's let's play the song. Let's. I think you guys might might immediately recognize it. All right, Aaron, here we go. I, all I heard was Aaron, I, I understand. Wait, you wait, can't wait. Make was it what's the what's the one with oh, the ri- what? wait, what's the one with the riff that's like 
Oh, what song? Like, oh Jesus! It's like a yeah, old classic rock song. I I don't know the name. Sorry, sorry guys. This is really terrible to to hear. You you didn't really get to hear how bad that was. I don't think, but (laughs) no, they they um, they heard it. I could hear it through. Oh, they got to hear it. All right, good. Yes, yes. That did sound retarded, though. So go ahead. What what's the point of this? I understand you can't make esoteric synth sounds with your mouth. Um, because what, what you what you uh you know sounded out there sounded a bit more reminiscent of a, a real rock and roll song than the clip itself. Um, so you know that that clip for for any listeners out there, uh, you know, literally everyone out there who actually listens to music, um, I'm sure they felt transported back to. 1979 listening to uh the, the, the first print recording of pink floyd's another brick in the wall um that's it, it, i i know you didn't have to like wait for what? me to say that i said it as though it was like a suspense reveal but everyone already knew because it was so clear <laughs> it was in like the title of the video that aaron had to play to himself Oh, that's it. That's it. Yeah, Josh, get out of my head. What's next? You're gonna stare into my dreams. <laughs> like, it's that accurate. Look, just because it, it is not accurate, like whatsoever or at all, <laughs> doesn't mean that this can't be useful. Look, look, hear me out, okay? Hear me out. <laughs> we can use this technology to determine if someone has an inner monologue or not. It, it, it doesn't have to be accurate, but the fact that we hear something coming from someone's Bob, fucking fiery neurons. Better it, Okay, idea. we hear something? Okay, go ahead. Dude, I want to... Wait, wait. I want to see, see the paper here and see if they found people that they couldn't get samples from. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. They're making it all up. Like, I, it I doesn't just, matter. I very suddenly motivated Josh to, to a degree that I've never seen before. <laughs> <laughs> if you... Uh, but Bob, if you want to know if somebody has an inner monologue, just stare into their eyeballs for like two seconds, and you'll know immediately whether they do or not. Have you guys ever, well, uh, you ever, you guys ever noticed that that like if you stare into somebody's eyes, you can tell like how smart they are, or like some of their personality traits, like just from their eyes. Yeah. Well, Wait, I mean, isn't that, that fucking weird? Because it's like it's just kind of like the squishy ball that's kind of creepy on its own. Yeah. But just like you can tell stuff from just their eyeball. Anyways, that's off yeah. topic. But that was just about the, you said tell if people have an inner monologue. <laughs> Wait, Aaron, how do we do this with autistic people who can't make eye contact? <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're all geniuses. They're not matter. people. <laughs> oh wait a second. <laughs> uh, th- this um, is good. This is a breakthrough, in my opinion. We need to start uh, setting this up in every government agency and have everyone tested for everything. You want to vote? Uh, all right, hook up to the fucking Pink Floyd machine. Instead of a polygraph test, like for to get your top secret clearance, you just do this instead and they can actually see what's in your mind, what you're thinking at that exact moment. Well, I, I don't know about that. It'd be great, be great for thought crimes too, <laughs> by, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, what's weird is that they haven't had that perfected since they invented the brain reading typewriter for fucking Stephen Hawking 40 goddamn years ago. You know what I mean? But apparently now, now they can just get one cord from a, a, 
allegedly a Pink Floyd song. I, I know we're long, but I want to go to this. Um, Aaron, how is, uh, according to whatever you were taught growing up, how is Stephen Hawking's uh, trans text to speech or what a thought to speech, whatever, d- blank to speech d- device supposed to work? How does it work? What what is it? What's it actually doing? According to like how it was told to me as a kid, is it literally like reads his thoughts? Like he 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 thinks the words and they say him say them. Dude, how else could he do it that quickly? I I I feel like I heard something somewhere about eye tracking and like he looks at letters on the keyboard. I might be making it up though, Bob. That's what I. I'm in the exact same level of certainty. Did you, as you hear eye tracking <laughs> or are you trying to think of what's even possible? Because I was thinking eye tracking as well, but only because it's the only thing I can even think that's that's reasonably possible. Yeah, I I might be getting it mixed up with the Apple Vision Pro, but like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> They're about the exact same timelines, right? Uh, yeah. Still, the 1990s, to pretend that they had the, this. Uh, I, 2023. I, I remember eye tracking. That's what I remember. Yeah. Still, to pretend they had this eye tracking fucking keyboard text to speech fucking shit for just one guy in the whole world and never did anything with that technology ever again is fucking retarded. You know what I mean? Well, uh, there, there's also the question is it more or less accurate? than the person he had translating for him uh, before he had that device. Remember the one interview we, we watched on the show like two years ago? Um, <laughs> yeah. Where we had somebody just like go from a couple of his like half-finished mumbles to uh, like, like three sentence This very eloquent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this very yeah, eloquent. Yeah, like exactly. Like, thing. Which, yeah. which, which, is more, which is more accurate? Uh, his his um, futuristic like eye-tracking device or his personal translator? It looked like in uh, it looked like in kung fu movies when like the the person stopped <laughs> yes. talking and then like a sentence just keeps going for like like seven more seconds. That was that was the Love deaf it. version of that. <laughs> I think they just they didn't do any eye tracking system. They don't have a system that he uses. He's like a husk of a person, and it's just Neil deGrasse DeGrasse's Tyson. Like his super ego is just writing everything for him. Like that, that's yeah. what's happening. I, I, I think that's closer to the truth. Neil deGrasse Tyson. This means Neil deGrasse Tyson's even smarter than we already thought he was. <laughs> I think it's literally like a CIA guy that's writing that, like saying all the stuff into a microphone and it's coming out the robot chair. And Stephen Hawking couldn't actually function at all anymore after he got enough, you know, far enough into his disease. Okay, quick now, do Joe Biden? Yeah, definitely the CIA. <laughs> yeah, but I just All want right. to kind of re- revisit that uh, show that there was some some brand new excitements in the world of reading your recreating things from your brain. Um, I think it'd be fun to transcribe what this is playing, what this clip is playing. Uh, you know, put it on a musical staff next to sheet music for uh, Pink Floyd's Another Brick from the Wall, whatever the song's called. Um, you can and, duet it with um, Beethoven. Another Brick in. that good. <laughs> yeah, it's a con- complex, uh, you know, piano flourishes and chords and whatnot. It's extremely precise <laughs> harmonies. That's, uh, yeah, I want to, I want to kind of overlay those, uh, those, those pages of sheet music and see see what that looks like just you know compare it to uh 
well, the, the level of accuracy to other sciences, because I'm pretty sure this is, you know, like a right, right on the mark. It's it's like Newtonian physics level of provable. Mm-hmm. Perfect. That is very inspiring. Thank you for that second article, Josh. That was incredible. We now <laughs> we now have a plan to screen the ne'er do wells from trying to enter in into our our new city state once the the government collapse. <laughs> so. As always, at the very end of the show, we like to play some voicemails. Uh, we got to rise up. Uh, you know, the whole Jewish space lasers is just a joke meme. Well, now it's Jewish space lasers are literally burning down forests in Hawaii. I mean, they're not even hiding it. You look at the plans, they're terrifying. I'm scared. We need to, like, form some sort of you know, a group of people that have a common interest against some specific threat. I, I don't know how much I want to say. <laughs> oh, those are yeah. the people who are grappling the land. The Jews. <laughs> that makes so much sense now. <laughs> <laughs> we reeled it in. Thanks, Bobby. <laughs> we almost had an circle. episode without anti-Semitism. That would have been a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bobby and Josh. <laughs> Surprisingly, not Aaron or I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're slipping. I know. <laughs> All right. And one more. Uh, Bobby is a little bit worried about someone on the show. Hey, I called some friends, let them know that the host who does the intro on my favorite podcast, he's ruining his voice, cracking, it's falling apart, it's really sad, and I know it's co-host, <laughs> I can't do anything about it, they tried, failed miserably, so uh, you'll be getting some calls, some, some intro, BTFO. take a little workload off you. Anyway, keep up the good work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bobby. Hopefully, uh, next episode, we'll have a, uh, not a new co-host, but someone uh, um, starting the show for us to bring us in. Oh, dude, somebody shot us to give Josh's voice a little rest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Don't worry, I think the bi-weekly schedule is working perfectly for him, so. Keeping his voice together. All right. And that's the show. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Whatever, fuck this shit. I have a PlayStation raincoat. Don't tell me you don't like my show. You've got mail. What the fuck?